That's so bad. Oh, yeah. is so bad, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode six of From the Tips. We are back with some exciting stuff in this episode, uh, but we're going to start it off. Rick, how you doing, buddy? Glad to see you. I'm doing good. It's good to see you as well. I'm, I'm enjoying your hat. Thank uh, you. We can talk about that a little bit later on in the show. We absolutely um, will. We will bring but that up. For today, episode six, really excited about it. Um, I honestly am a little shocked that we've managed to do six episodes of this. Um, mostly just because I'm not a great talker, but Dude, that's so for false. some You're reason, a great talker. For some reason, when it comes to golf, I can just talk. All that's the, the time. that's the beauty of it, though. Uh, um, for, first of all, on top of that, actually, would like to thank the 130 total plays that we've gotten now, on our nice. on our five episodes. That's oh. insanity. Thank you so much to everybody that's listened, yeah. hit play, heard us talk about golf and various other things uh we really appreciate it first of yeah. all that's thank awesome. you guys um and then also thank you for all the people in the comments on our on our instagram stuff i mean just being able to interact with you guys is awesome and we really keep appreciate it, it absolutely keep it up and yeah. rick I, I must commend you um i believe it was your girlfriend that got you the uh the new mic because your audio is crispy oh yeah gina oh, hooked me up she uh she got it for her podcast uh that her and her friend sab started and she said it was really good. So I told her to get me one. And apparently so far, so good. We'll see yeah, how, how it goes for the rest of the show. That's some crispy audio right there. I'll tell you what. I love, um, it. I love it. Speaking of crispy things, what was it? What was the national days last week? Was it was pierogi? No, it wasn't pierogies. What was, what was it? Was it popcorn? Was it popcorn? Let me see. I got it right here. I knew um, it was something food related. No, it was pizza day. Was pizza, pizza day. Pizza day. Because umbrella day was after. Yes. Um, we so are a good one this week. Um, people probably know this already because it's the day before Ash Wednesday. Um, it's Fat Tuesday. I will probably be eating at least three donuts. Love Fat Tuesday. Because um, Fat Tuesday is one of my favorite days of the year. It's also National Pancake Day um, at IHOP this year. Um, oh. It changes every year, but this year it's on the 16th. So, so how are you going to compete with a day pretty much – locked off for donuts as a pancake place you know how are you going to compete with that maybe make pancakes out of donuts could you do that you think i don't know it We're sounds delicious out. first and foremost it sounds delicious <laughs> <laughs> like if we can make that happen i would eat that'd it. be great i'm there for that absolutely uh anything anything else of note through the week as far as national days are concerned um no not really um just uh Fat Tuesday, Pancake Day, like I said, Wednesdays, Ash Wednesday. Um, for anyone who who does that, nothing really else besides that. Kind of a kind of a slow two days here. A little slow two days, but one of them is Fat Tuesday, and I love Fat Tuesday. I Every Fat year, Tuesday. when uh, my grandparents ask me, "Hey, do you want a donut?" I feel like that question just really doesn't need to be asked. Answer. I feel like no. it's just assumed as a yes. It, it should be. I mean, and let's why stop at one donut? Let's do like a couple. I had three at work the other day. One of my coworkers bought us uh, a dozen donuts for everybody, and they got them from Dunkin' Donuts, so they weren't like Fat Tuesday donuts. But well, yeah, but you I know. love donuts, so I ate three of them, and I have no regrets. Well, how could you not love donuts? I mean, come on, that's 
I mean, I get it if like you're not like someone that likes sugar, but also I'm someone that doesn't like sugary snacks and foods and stuff like that. And donuts are still delicious. I mean, come on. I I mean, what's your favorite donut though? I gotta know. What's your favorite donut? It depends um, where I'm going. If I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts, I get the blueberry, the blueberry cake. Um, I do enjoy a nice sourdough stick. I don't know if they have those everywhere. Um, I'm not even quite sure what that is. But it's, it's literally just like a log of sourdough dough covered in glaze it's oh god that sounds good um i i love a good jelly every once in a while i'm never going to complain about a good jelly i will never complain about a good jelly um, ever and then in disney we get those big ones oh yes we get one the, of those the disney ones that, yeah the big ones that are like the size of your face those are great too those what about huge. you uh i am a boston cream pretty much oh, yeah, all the time weird. kind of guy i'm yeah. not that's not weird that's boston cream is delicious what do you mean the worst donut that's so that's so false so false really true boston cream donuts are the only good thing to come out of boston and as far as i'm concerned i i just i hate boston sports people we'll just get that out of the way now but <laughs> boston cream donuts are delicious however the the naming i don't know why specifically it's boston cream i don't know what makes it cream from boston, boston. maybe it was made in boston I guess quite possibly invented, in Boston. Uh, but it is the most delicious donut and I will die on this hill alone. I'm okay with that. You probably will be alone. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. This is fine by me. I don't, I do not care um, <laughs> to move into some golf. Cause we got distracted by donuts, but you know, can you really blame us? I don't people think who so. probably don't eat donuts. Yeah. Right. Poor, poor people. <laughs> poor people. <laughs> One of the many uh, differences between us and them. One of, I would say, a favorite from some, most of the players uh, was played this last weekend. The AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Unfortunately, there were no AMs. So really, it was just the Pebble Beach Pro, uh, all uh, pretty much all pro, because um, the amateurs were not able to play due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, we do have a winner as well. Daniel Berger coming out of the heated uh, T1 finish that was going into Sunday at 18 under followed by Maverick McNeely at 16 under and then Patrick Canlay and Jordan Spieth T3 at 15 under. Um, I liked the tournament and I think what you said last week about spyglass being better, I think it really proved itself if you watched the, the weekend because spyglass is just beautiful i mean pell beach is always beautiful but spyglass had those in the woods holes and those were just really fun to watch yeah i, totally I didn't get to watch out. too much of, i didn't get to watch too much of spyglass because i was working on thursday and friday unfortunately i mostly got to see pebble on the weekend but um the few shots that i did see of spyglass i did i did very much enjoy um seeing the sky views of the holes out on the water going right into the woods um pebble beach is really nice so i'm not going to deny it i'm not going to say that pebble beach isn't really nice there's a lot of holes there that i would love to play on um i'd probably lose at least five balls in the process of playing each hole yeah probably that's okay because i play top flights and they're really cheap so exactly and it's fine um for those of you who are going to call out rick some more about playing top flights <laughs> i got roasted we- the other day for my top flights you get <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode when it gets there. Um, we will announce it now just so you guys can be prepared. We, we'll, we'll put a timestamp in the description here on the episode if you would like to listen to that. We do have an interview with uh, Justin Rhinus, owner-operator of Scramble Golf House in Horsham, Pennsylvania. Super great in- interview. Awesome facility. We got some videos uh, that we're going to be posting of us just kind of messing around at his facility. It was awesome. Great. We got to use the simulators. We pretty much got to use his entire facility, which was 
so much fun. Really nice facility. Rick's chipping game just got like 25 times better in the span of four hours. Yeah, I got some good coaching tips while we were there, and uh, and I think I'm ready to get out there and play. Unfortunately, I can't right now because we still have 12 feet of snow on the ground. There's still so but... much snow. <laughs> it's awful. Hopefully soon we'll be out there. <laughs> it's so awful. Um, but moving forward, yeah, Daniel Berger is the winner of the AT&T Pro-Am. Uh, notable things that came out of this event, mostly Jordan Spieth related as he eagled twice on the on – the, uh, on the tournament uh, once, I believe on Thursday or on, or on Friday, I think. And the other one was on Saturday. So back to back days of getting an Eagle. That's ridiculous. Especially because they were not easy. Yeah. Unfortunately it just wasn't at the right time. It wasn't. No. Um, Cause the tournament was closed on an Eagle um, on the 18th, I believe if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, so kind of, kind of missed time there. Um, watching the final round, I think, I think Spieth is still having a few trust issues, not necessarily even in himself. Um, I believe it was 15, it was 15 or 16. I was, um, when I was watching, he was talking to his caddy and his caddy was like, Hey, we got some wind coming back at us. Like it's playing 130, 135. Jordan was like, I just feel like the wind's not that much of a factor. I'm thinking more around like 120, 125. He played at 125 and he hit it short. Yeah, he, he immediately went to his caddy and was like, I'm sorry, you were right. Like, And I think that's just another hurdle that we need to kind of permanently get over. He seems to be trusting himself pretty well. And the fact that he has the confidence to say that to his caddy, whose job it is to tell him where he should hit the ball and how hard he should hit it. Right. Um, it's a really Why good sign that he's paid. that confident in himself right now that he thinks he can make those decisions, but he does need to take a step back, I think, and let his caddy make those kind of decisions and be the person that makes the does the execution of those decisions. Right. I, I completely agree with you. I love seeing a confident Jordan Speed, confident in how he's hitting the ball, where he's hitting the ball. That's awesome. It's everything that we've wanted to see for the past seven years almost. However, I think you're right. When it comes down to it, you're paying that caddy for that part of the job. Yeah. I mean – it, and it's sometimes I don't know if this is like his long term caddy. I, I'm pretty sure he's gone through like kind of a turnstile of caddies over the last uh-huh. couple of seasons because of the issues. Yeah. But now things are picking back up for you. You're you're playing well uh, two tournaments in a row, uh, two top ten finishes. Um. So yeah, I think it's about time that you do start trusting your caddy a little bit more because it's not like he has not your best interest in mind. He's yeah, also no, exactly. trying to win a tournament, you know, it's exactly. not like he's telling you wrong things. Yeah. And Spieth ended up getting a bogey on that hole, which put him three shots back of the lead with, I think it was four to go. So that's, that's really tough to come back from, especially when you go into, into Sunday with the lead, that's really tough to be down three strokes with four to play. It's not, not fun at all. Yeah. He definitely didn't have a great um, Sunday. At least I, he didn't have a bad Sunday. He did. He was two under, but in comparison to everybody that was around him, I mean, Daniel Berger shot a seven under Sunday. Yeah. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. I think he was uh, four then, under on the front or something yeah. like that with an Eagle. Uh, and, looked like, yeah. So on the front nine, he was, yeah, he was three under with the Eagle cause he bogeyed eight. Okay. Um, okay. But I mean, it, when you're when what's around you on Sunday is going seven six four under, uh, hitting a two under in the lead, it, that's just not going to get it done. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if you can blame that on the fact they didn't trust his caddy, but I think you're right. I think it comes down to it. Um. Trust your caddy that he's there to win a tournament just like you are. Yeah. It's not like he's going to tell you the wrong thing. However, speaking of being told, now 
in the PGA, I believe it's PGA championship or any PGA events. Um, golfers can now use range finders. Uh, for those of you that don't know what those are, those little um, laser um, distance detection devices that will tell you spot on how far away from the hole you are uh, with this little device in your hand. It will tell you the exact distances. Now, I, my personal opinion is interesting on this because I almost have two of them that are trying to coincide and I can't be decided yet. What What is your opinion on the whole rangefinder situation? Do you care? Does it matter to you? To me, it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter all that much. Um, if you think about the reason that we're that we're using rangefinders, it's to get a distance. Um, but at the same time it's not really going to affect too much as far as what has to be done. It might make it a little bit quicker on the part of the caddy because they don't have to measure out the distances, but there's still so much that you have to put, take into account. You have to take into account the wind. You have to take into account um, like certain positions, like maybe where you want to hit it. Like maybe you do want to hit it a little bit shorter and you want to hit it on like a hill that'll bounce it off into the direction that you want it to go. And like, there's a lot of stuff that you think about when it comes to a shot that distance isn't, is not that it's not important, but it's not, not significantly more important than anything else that you have to take into account on a shot. So I don't really have a problem with it personally. Um, people are still going to play slow. The people that play slow are still going to play slow because half the issues of the people playing slow is on the greens. It's not nothing to do, not necessarily nothing, it's not really anything less to do with them being in the fairway Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, just to clarify, it is the PGA of America that will allow the range finders in all three of its majors for the first time. So that would be the PGA championship, the KPMG women's PGA championship and the KitchenAid senior PGA championship. Um, those three events this year will include those devices, um, I guess, kind of as a test run to see how the, how it affects the tournament uh, pace of play or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I I don't think it much matters uh, about the rangefinder. My only issue is is like you have caddies going out on Wednesday for the practice round, doing that already. Uh, yeah. If you've ever taken a look at an actual um, yardage book that a caddy carries around, these things are so in depth. Uh, and really, when you're a professional golfer, there's only a couple of distances that are going to matter for you um, because you're going to put the ball where you want it about 85% of the time anyway. So all you need to do is just kind of put those yardages on the book, get their slopes, how it's going to be playing that day, and then go forward. I don't really think the range finder is going to be able to tell you like wind or how, or how it's playing that day, the elevator. No, I mean, won't. it's, yeah, it's going to okay. have elevation and slope on it because some of them have those in involved in them. However, I don't know if the PGA is going to let those features be available on the rangefinder. I think they should do the old school ones, like the one that you have where you like yeah. up the one eye and then it's like the, it's literally just like the two lines. And, you have and it's the, the, the one that's like, the yeah. so, so basically with that though, I think you're going to take more time. Cause man, that thing takes me like stuff to read. I used it a few times. Like 30 seconds to, to figure out what's going on. And if you're too close to the hole, you're getting nothing. Yeah. If you're within 60 yards, it doesn't like you can't read within 60 yards. It doesn't yeah. exist on this range finder. Um, I did kind of want to start using it more because I kind of find it fascinating, but it takes me like 30 seconds to figure out my yardage yeah. here when really I could just look on my phone, bada bing, bada boom, there's my distance to the front and we're good. Yeah. 
because uh, you know the on you don't have distance to front on that thing. You just have distance to the pin because that's what your measuring stick is is the the length of the yeah. pin because that's what it uses. Uh, so it does. You don't have distance to the front on that thing. So that's gonna just take me way too. I'm I'm just gonna yeah. add about a half hour to an hour on around just me trying to use that thing. Yeah, um, no, I I don't see any issues with it really. I think something that would be really interesting would be uh, if in those events um, there was probably like five or six people in the top 10 that were using range finders and then like a few people that weren't and someone who ended up winning wasn't using a range finder i think that would be that pretty, would be funny i think that, that would, would be, be really pretty funny. funny to see um and then to see how it would affect people going forward if other people are like oh well i don't really need it because yeah, i would stop using it. it if my caddy's doing well enough yeah um, like i i don't think that the like the obviously i don't think that's really going to affect the caddy's job because i mean a lot more of the caddy's job is discussing with the golfer about what club we should use. Is this a soft eight or, or a, like a hard, a hard nine? How do we want to go about like shot shape, stuff like that. So I don't think yeah. the caddy is at risk of losing its job. Uh, however, I just feel like the caddy does all that work on Wednesday to put it in the yardage book. And it's not like it's been bad, you know, it's yeah. not like there hasn't been good golf because we're not using a range finder. I, I guess it's really just because of pace of play, but I agree with you. I think most of the pace of play problems are when guys are putting. They're yeah, taking no, because five years to put range finder is not going to tell you how to read the green. So it's no. like and you're still going to be using that same yardage book that you would have been using without the range finder because that has the the green on it because your caddy yeah. also took the time to read the greens for you. So I I feel like it's a, one of those like minimal efforts the PGA is putting out there to be like, oh, we care about pace of play when in reality, like the only way that you're going to stop pace of play and the slow golfers is by timing them, timing yeah. each and every one of them and penalizing them for slow play. That's the only way they're going to change them. And really, you still might not change them at all. They might just take it and move on because slow golfers are slow golfers. And that's just yeah. how it is especially because on the tour, it's not like they're bad golfers. They just are purposefully slow. It's yeah. one thing if you're like shooting in the 100 and you're a slow golfer, just because you you're not on each yeah. green. <laughs> and like, that's okay. I get that. If you're, if you're five putting on every single green, it kind of sucks. If I'm behind you, I would like to keep playing, playing but I get it. Too. If you're not very good <laughs> and just let's play through you and it's fine. Uh, I don't know if you can really do that on the tour. I don't know if playthroughs are a thing on tour or not. I don't. I don't believe so. Um, I don't believe you can play I through think, on tour. I think so. Bryson would definitely take that personally if someone tried to play through him. He'd be he would hit into people because then you're going to start having that. Yeah. Is Bryson would be start like, hitting it would into be people? Like, it would be like that Michael Jordan meme. He's like, and I took that personally. And I took that personally. <laughs> so now I'm going to just be like, DJ and, fine. DJ and Brooks <laughs> would be playing in a group, and they'd be like, "Hey, can we just like cut past you real quick?" <laughs> You'd be like, and I took that personally. And then you just like crank a drive right in the back <laughs> of DJ's head. And now DJ knows what it feels like to crank someone <laughs> in the back with a driver. <laughs> do we do we check on that guy? Is he okay? Does anyone check on his anything. health? I haven't I heard, heard anything. anything so I'm gonna assume he's okay. I feel like someone should be <laughs> monitoring his health because he took that. You took that hard. We'll just, um, we'll just we'll just ask Russia. Let's let's contact them real quick and see what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you do you think? that Jordan Spieth is back. Cause I called it last episode and now he's T3 and had the lead going into Sunday. Although he didn't play super well on Sunday is Jordan Spieth back. This is two tournaments back to back with him being in the top 10. I think you can say that he is in the process of coming back. I don't think you can say that he is officially back because if we start to say that a few top 10 finishes means that you're back and you're doing 
you're doing good like you're you're like top tier like stuff like that then we have to start saying that tony fino is not necessarily back tony tony fino never left he's just always been been there there. yes but like if we're using a t3 as the as the mark of whether jordan spieth is back then we're we're basically saying is elite jordan spieth the one that won the three majors like the one that is who he was three and a half years ago is he back based off of if he had two top five finishes the past two weeks, then I don't really think we can say that he is back because he hasn't won yet. Right. If he starts so winning, if he wins, wins okay. if he wins one or two in a row, like he wins one or two within a month, two months, whatever, then we can start having the conversation of, is he back? I don't think we can have that conversation, especially when you have a 54 hole lead and you don't close it out because that is essentially what being back is. If you're, if you're being back, to that elite form that we expect out of Jordan Spieth from three and a half years ago, he's dominating and he's shooting seven under with Daniel Berger and it's not even close. Um, So I don't think we can say that he's officially back yet. I think we can definitely say that he's, he's on the up and up though. And he's coming back. He's definitely taken the training wheels off the bike and he's about to, about to start doing some tour de France type biking in, in this, in this little, analogy i have going here uh i would like to say he's on his way back as well i really wanted to be confident and be like jordan spieth is back um just because i just want jordan spieth throw it like holding out from the bunker throwing his club and you know chest bumping his caddy back that's really what i want uh but look if he wants to reserve that for the for the Ryder cup feel free um that's fine (laughs) by me (laughs) Um, um also the other thing too about that is he hasn't really had that much to go up against. Um, a lot true. of the big names true. haven't been in there recently. They've been over in Europe. They haven't been playing. This week is probably going to be the biggest um, reveal of whether he is even close to back or not because we have a lot of top players coming back. I think this week they said there was no top 25 players um, playing or something like that, like maybe a few. At the um, AT&T? Yeah. I believe it was just Patrick Cantlay, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. There was like I think that was two, it was like just him. Five players. Yeah. And now we have we have DJ coming back. We have Bryson coming back. We have Brooks coming back. We have Rory coming back. We have Abraham Answer coming back. We have like all these big stars coming back. And I think this weekend is really going to show us whether he is back or not. Because not that the other guys aren't good. They're obviously professional golfers, so they are good golfers. But none of the guys that he's played against the past two weeks are the level of Dustin Johnson. Right, he's playing right now, so that'll be the biggest test. If it goes down to a playoff between Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson, and Jordan Spieth pulls it out, then I'm all aboard the Jordan train, and he's back. Right, but this weekend will show. And then last two things to touch on from the AT and T Pebble Beach is uh, rookie newcomer um, Ashke Batia. I hope I pronounced that right. We took we we worked a little bit on that before the apologies show. If, apologies if yeah. that's wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we tried. We looked up the phonetic spelling and everything. I mean, we 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 went to work on this. We, did. we had uh, we had Siri read it back to us. It was fine. Um, but there he just had some ridiculous stats. Uh, I'm just gonna run them down right now. Uh, first teenager to post an opening round 64 or better on to- on tour in the last 30 years. First player to hit 18 of 18 greens in regulation at Pebble Beach since 2008. Uh, It's only his 11th tour start. He's 19 years old. Uh, 64 was his lowest opening round on tour ever. And 10 out of 11 in under par opening round scores. 
what <laughs> i mean that's just i it's, it's ridiculous uh, those uh, for a rookie i i just love these young golfers coming up and just being like no like sure i'm here now though so you now have to just deal yeah. with me because i'm not going to take <laughs> two years to develop i'm here now i love that i love that yeah. so much from from the kids in the golf game and then a little less lovely thing that happened, but still kind of funny for average golfers like you and me who have probably done this before. Um, Nate Lashley is T1. Uh, let, what hole was that? Let me see. Uh, he was T1 on Sunday going into the 16th hole. He, he could have, realistically speaking, he could have won this tournament. Yeah. He was two holes two, to go, you're T1. Two holes to go. He's fine. It's looking pretty good. He four putts for a triple bogey to walk onto 17, not even in the conversation anymore, uh, going from five under on the day to two under on the day and basically put himself out of any contention, moving himself down to, I believe, T5. Uh, he did birdie 18, so I guess the comeback was okay. But when when you do that on the 16th hole of the last day and you're in contention, that's yeah, just heart shattering to watch. When you were watching the video, though, and, and I suggest that you, know, you, you go on the – PGA tour Instagram and watch the video. It, it looked like he just didn't even read the, the last three putts. He read the first one, went to tap it, missed inside. Okay. That's fine. Regroup for your par. You're going to be okay. Didn't even read the second one. Misses inside again. Doesn't read the third one lips out. And then finally puts the fourth one down at that point. At, at this point in the tournament with you being in contention, you just missed out on your birdie opportunity. You got to read the second putt, right? You can't just take that for granted. These greens have been ridiculous all, all weekend. You have yeah, to right. take into account that that's, that could happen a second time. I don't know yeah. how you just brush off reading it. Uh, I would have marked it, honestly, and, and had the other player put away. I would have I would have marked it, taken my time, read it, um, just because it, it, you're on 16 in a tournament that you're in contention to win. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you let that happen. Uh, kind of a lack of professionalism from Nate Lashley, but uh, funny to us because we've all been there. <laughs> as, long, as far as our uh, golf game is concerned, we've all been there on the amateur side. Just thought that was funny to touch base on. Uh, moving a bit away from the AT&T Pebble Beach, we do have the power rankings of this coming weekend's uh, tournament. We have... Uh, we have the power rankings for the Genesis Invitational. Should be a good one. Um, basically, looking at it is, uh, yeah, a lot of your your top-tier golfers are back. You have your Dustin Johnsons, your Justin Thomases, your John Rahms, Roy McIlroy, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, the whole nines. They're going to all be there. Uh, right now, it's looking like Dustin Johnson is number one in the power rankings. Um, no shock there. Um, however, I don't think he wins. I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I don't think he wins. I I can easily see a top five out of him. Oh, for sure. Um, top five, no doubt. But I, don't, I honestly have no idea who's going to win this week. It's just it's so up in the air. There's so many guys playing that have been just playing out of their minds the right. past few weeks. Um, if Rory plays a little bit better than he has been he's been playing really good golf but if he even just like has like a good day yeah. Rory could have a chance to win if he just shows up on a Sunday 
his chance. Maybe Tony pulls out a win. We don't I was going to say it. I didn't want to jump the gun, though. I didn't want to jump the gun. (laughs) (laughs) We got got your boy X out there. We got DJ, JT. Like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for these guys to get even a top five, maybe even a top ten this week. This is going to be a um, tough one. How many good golfers are out there? And I'm really excited to watch because there's going to be a lot of good golf being played this weekend. I mean, you have Brooks Kepka coming off a win at the Waste Management, uh, ranked 14th in the power rankings. That just yeah. should show you how ridiculous this field's going to be for the Genesis Invitational. So I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be much better than the uh, the Pebble Beach uh, as far as like watching good golf is concerned. And that's all, that's all we're here for is to watch some good right, golf. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the power rankings, though, we did a little segment last week uh, of make the cut, miss the cut. Uh, so ha- let's see how how Brian did. I am. I'm pretty sure I think I did pretty well, if I'm not mistaken. I think you did. Yeah, I, I think there might have been one or two where you were you were off, but most of them were, were pretty right, good. Let's, let's see. Take Let a gander. All right. So starting off, Phil Mickelson did not make the cut. I called that one. Yeah. You're not Can, happy about it, but you did it. I'm not happy about it, but I did it. He just could not make a putt for, for the life of him. Just could not yeah. nail himself a putt down. It was actually just kind of depressing to watch after a while. <laughs> uh, Andy Ogletree did not make the cut. I said he would. I was pulling for the kid, but he could not get it done, unfortunately. Yeah, he had a rough week. He did have a rough week. Uh, Jordan Spieth did make the cut, called that one. Jason Day also making the cut. Joel Damon made the cut, although he went uh, T60, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he did make the cut. So did, I called that one as well. <laughs> so that, so I, that actually kind of shocked me that I called that one. And then John Daly did not make the cut. So not honestly, close. John Daly. No, not even, close. not, he didn't even have a <laughs> shot at making the cut. He, he, what was he, plus eight on day one? Something like that. I think there's he ended ab- up like plus 13 after the second day. Yeah, there, there's absolutely no way you're coming back if that's the case. Uh, so I went five and one. I'm feeling pretty good about that myself. Yeah, I feel bad. good about this. Uh, yeah, John Daly went plus 13 in two days of golf. Yeah. <laughs> round, round one, he was, yeah, plus eight after round one. Yeah, rough, <laughs> rough go for John Daly. Um, yeah, John was looking a little, little rusty out there, but we kind of expected something like that. It was just cool yeah. to see him golfing again on that stage. Yeah. But yeah, five and one. I feel good about that. Um, bouncing off that, we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Um, so last week we did cut, no cut. This right. week I decided we're going to do some variations um, as, as the weeks go on. We're obviously going to come back to cut, no cut because that one's fun. Um, but I wanted to keep it interesting and not just worry about the people that aren't going to do well. Uh, we're going to focus on the people that we think are going to do well. So this week, we're going to be doing top 10 or not top 10. Ooh, I got six it. names again. We're going to stick with the six names because I think that was a, a pretty pretty good number to go with last time. It was. It was, it was a good So number. same as last time, we're going to go quick rapid fire through these names. You're going to tell me, are these guys in the top 10 this week or not in the top 10 this week? You ready? All right, let's do it. Number one, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, top 10. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Not top 10. Ricky Fowler. Not top 10. Rory McIlroy. Top 10. Abraham Anser. Not top 10. And Brooks Kepka. Top 10. Okay, so we got Bryson making top 10. Maddie Fitz, Ricky Fowler, and Abraham Anser are not making top 10. And Bryson, Rory, and Brooks are making top 10. I think I said Bryson twice there. I lost my train of thought. That's um, fine. 
That's you, fine. You can talk about Bryson twice. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's be honest, it's all we do, anyways. That's all they're going to be talking about this weekend, too. So. Absolutely, because he's gonna be just <laughs> manhandling that course. I actually have Rory at a chance to win this tournament. Okay. Uh, I think he could do it. He just has to play well on a Sunday. He's been able to put together three really good golf days recently. He just could has yet to put together a good Sunday. So if he can just piece together a good Sunday, I think Rory's got a shot at winning this thing. I really do. Gut feeling who's winning. My gut feeling who's winning? Yeah. Gut feeling is Dustin Johnson. But that's, okay. I mean, that's just, that's just, I feel like that's your gut feeling every time he's in the field almost. I mean, it's almost unfair how well he's playing right now. It's almost yeah. unfair. I, I get that. I think I think John Rom wins this week. I think he gets his Ooh. first Callaway win. That'd be fun. I would like to see John Rom win. I'd like to see the fiery Spaniard win one. Oh yeah. Uh, moving into our random stuff segment. Before we get to some exciting stuff later, we got two questions fielded for us. Uh, first one by Tom Reed. Thank you to him. Uh, we got. Do you remember the worst golf shot of your life? Um, I do. Uh, Rick said that he does. So, Rick, I'm going to let you take it away first here. Uh, worst golf shot of my life. This was a tough one because I've had so many. Yeah, I'm we've, had, we've had a lot is the only uh, issue. <laughs> but the worst golf shot I've ever had in my life. Um, people are going to be tired that I, I'm talking about this again. But the tee shot after my hole-in-one was the worst golf shot I've ever hit in my entire life. It was so bad. I teed the ball up. <laughs> I had so much adrenaline going. I was feeling so good. I was ready to go. We were going to a par five that I usually do pretty well on. Um, I teed it up and I swung and I just got so far under the ball. It went about 50 feet up in the air, uh, like 25 yards to the left and just landed by a tree. And it was horrendous it was probably the worst possible way that you can you can follow up uh a hole in one if it was on a baseball field it was an infield fly rule that was getting called yeah it was. There, <laughs> this was a straight up pop-up and it was 100%. it was kind of funny 100 the worst shot i've ever hit <laughs> but honestly i don't think anybody's judging you the adrenaline has got to be pumping after a hole in one there's no doubt i mean how are you going to put together a good hole afterwards? I don't know. Yeah. And I like the thing, the thing too, is like, it's, it's my first one. I've been golfing for like less than two years. Like, I don't even know how to handle after that. Like, how do I, no. like, how, how, do you like react? how do you handle that? Like, how do, how do guys on tour do that? I mean, obviously they hit more than I do, but like, how do you hit a hole in one and then just like brush it off? Like, okay, next hole. Well, like, the light I'm gassed up for the rest of the day about that. Right? <laughs> right? I'm gassed up for a lifetime. After <laughs> I feel like for tour uh, for tour pros, though, it's different just because a they have a tournament to win. True. Yeah. Yeah. You hit a hole in one. Sure. But in your mind, you're like, OK, that's me gaining two strokes on the field to win a lot of money. So there's that's a little bit of a difference there because there's a lot of money on the line to actually win the tournament. All good and dandy to hit a hole in one, especially if it's on one of those holes with a car involved. Yeah. Um, also, they also lots of money kind of like bring them down. Yes, they also have someone calling them down. Just did nothing but bring me up after that. No, so I was no, just like, oh, I God. ran over a rock and we had to like manhandle <laughs> my you golf cart. Got our cart stuck. I, <laughs> I mean, there was nobody else that was going to lift the golf cart. You were hot, full of adrenaline. You could have lifted was. an it was actual like, cart. It was like you would have been fine. Mother's baby is stuck under a cart. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was so easy. I was like, hey, Rick, lift up this golf cart because you're, you're the only one who's going to be able to do it right now. And you just did it one foul swoop. You're like, up and down. There you go. You're off the rock now. <laughs> well, I thought I had hit the emergence or the, the parking brake. I did not. You did I did not. not close. I sprinted out of my golf cart. I was, I was so excited. There was only running at that point. That was it. It was just running. Everything was in slow motion and it was fabulous. Uh, my worst golf shot. Oh, uh, so my worst golf shot was actually during the uh, RBGA, the Really Bad Golfers Association uh, Championship. Uh, I was already pretty far back in it. There wasn't a huge shot for me to win this one. But after the first two holes, I was making it close. I had gained four strokes on Rick. So now I was nine or eight strokes back. And then it was doable. It was doable. Yeah, that was a rough day for me. I, I gained four strokes in two holes. I was feeling really good. Uh, so... At McCoby Run Golf Course in Green Lane, if you have golf there, you'll understand what I'm saying. If you haven't, uh, take take the virtual tour or or go there. Um, the third hole is a par five that is absolutely ridiculous. So about 250 out, there's a little river. After that, it's about a 12 degree grade incline to this green, which is two tiered. Um, and this incline is steep, man. So I get on the I get on the steep hill in three okay we still have a shot at a par here we're doing okay I overshoot the green on my next shot so we're laying for shooting five at this point yeah but I'm shooting back down the hill uh so the way the way the green is is made is the bottom part which is closer to the tee box um moves up a little mini hill which is still the green onto the top tier, which is towards the back where I was. And the pin location was on that top tier. Oh, I do remember the shot now. So all I had to do was put a nice, easy chip shot on there, put it in, walk away with the bogey. We'd be sitting fine. If I call, if I recall correctly, uh, if I bogeyed, I would have tied the hole with Rick and we would have moved on. I still would have had four strokes on him. The day would have still been going really well. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. Come on now. Uh, so instead of putting, which is what I should have done, I decided to chip. I was about three feet off the green. I really should have just putted this one. It would have given me such a better shot. Um, but no, so I chip it. It lands next to the hole, rolls down the green hill, then rolls down the actual hill there. <laughs> I walk away. I'm pretty sure with a triple or a quad. I forget I the exact. I think you had a triple. I think I tripled. Um, and because I'm an absolute head case, my day was over. It was ruined. I had just lost almost all of the strokes I had gained on Rick. Uh, and I, I was completely mentally out of it. I was done. I was I was dead in the water. That was the word. That chip shot was the worst golf decision and shot. Yeah, I was ever. gonna say not even just shot decision as well. It was the worst decision I could have made in that situation. Of trying to competitively get myself back into this championship. That the worst decision I could have made in that specific time. Uh, it was awful. Um, I had a really fun back nine though. After I I stopped giving a shit basically. Oh, the back yeah. nine. I had so much fun in the back nine. That was fun for me. <laughs> Rick and Phil, Rick and Phil were all stressy. I was living the dream on the back. I was like, I don't have a care in the world. There's nothing that can stop me now. Um, however, to bounce off that, I wanted to ask uh, Rick and myself. I guess, do you have a best golf shot that you remember um, instead of the worst? What is your best golf shot that you think? That I I have way less of. So that's a way little, way less of very a little easy bit easier to remember. Um, my best one, um, besides my hole in one, because that was like ninety nine point nine percent luck. Um, my best like skill shot that I hit 
um i forget what course we were at but it was a par four with a dog leg left like a pretty aggressive one um and for those that don't know my tee shots usually go off to the right uh so i don't really know how i pulled this one off um but i managed to hit the ball way farther than i expected to i think it was like mid to upper 200s um as far as yardage goes um and I just, I took the turn real well and I guess it landed on the green at some point and kind of just bounced and rolled. Cause by the time we got up there, it was on the back of the green. Um, I, I think I like three or four putted and ended up getting like a part of the <laughs> which I definitely shouldn't have gotten. I should hey, we said golf shot. I had, not golf I had an eagle golf chance. Shot. I, I, uh, a really bad score on that hole, but that was probably one of the, one of the better golf shots that I've hit. That was actually at Mainland Golf Course. I believe that is hole okay. 13, if I'm not mistaken there. I can't remember. Um, awesome golf hole. Very short par four. Well, not like very short, but it's about 294. So it's absolutely drivable, especially for a guy like Rick. And he did it. And it was incredible. The final score we don't got to talk about. We're talking about golf shot, <laughs> not golf hole. Uh, for me, I think uh, my best golf shot uh, I was golfing with my buddy Patrick uh, recently, actually at the same golf course. Uh, I am notoriously bad in the sand, uh, super, just so bad in the sand. I don't know what it is. Like, I know what it takes to get out of the sand. I just cannot recreate it Yeah. in, in order to do it. Uh, so I'm in the sand. I think I'm lying four. So this is this, I, or I'm lying three shooting four. So this is my par shot. I'm like, okay, well. Let's just hope I don't double this hole basically at this point. So I line it up. I take my, I take my shot. Most beautiful sand shot I have ever hit in my life hits. I would say three feet away from the hole, two feet to the right of it. It casts itself into the hole with some side spin and goes in for the par. And I was like, what actually just happened? Uh, That was literally the most incredible golf shot I have ever hit in my life. And it was just a sand save. I mean, there are plenty of amateur golfers who are like really good in the sand. And to one of them, they're like, Oh, I mean, I do that on a regular basis. I am horrendous out of the sand. So being able to do that was awesome. So cool to chip out of the sand and hole out. Definitely. Yeah. I had that. I had that one at, uh, at Sweetwater. That was really nice. That hole out that I had there too. Yes. That would yes. probably be like my second, uh, my second answer to that question because that was a really good feeling there. Pulling um, out from the sand is so cool. It so just cool. feels you feel awesome. Like you feel better than everybody when you you do. Sand. Like you feel like you're just better than everyone. You immediately feel like you're better. You're like, I just did that. I want to see you do that. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll put your ball on sand right now. Has to see if you can do it because you can't. Because I did. I can't. <laughs> I mean, if I tried, I probably couldn't again. But you can't. No. So <laughs> absolutely not. Could could not repeat that performance probably maybe ever in my life until maybe I get better at the sand, hopefully. But that was incredible just because of how notoriously awful in the sand I am. Yeah. That was just so fun of a shot to hit. Thank God. Uh, and then our final question for the random stuff segment. Uh, this one was actually fielded by my girlfriend, Ellie. Um, how many days would you need to play the same course to shoot under 85? I believe this is also consecutive days so any course um how many days do you think you would need to play the course to shoot under an 85 i figured we would do under 85 because that seems a bit more uh in in possibility for for guys like us under 85 
85 or under. Uh, the one stroke's not going to make that much of a difference. That's true, um, but still. So this is a tough one because for me, it's going to be however long until I can get a consistent game going because my game is so inconsistent. <laughs> um, right. I oh, Every day, I, if I did it for every day for probably, I'll go 25 to 30 days. I might, I might hit 85 and break it. The, the issue is like, I just don't have it every day for everything. Um, it's usually one or the other. I can't ever really seem to put them both together in the same round. I've had, I've had low 90 rounds before, uh, but 85 would be tough for me in my, yeah. my current golf skill. Cause even, e- even if you're shooting consistently anywhere from 90 to 95, that's still 10 strokes or like seven strokes that you have to yeah, try I, to take I, off I, your game for that. I, that's I, hard. Two holes. Like that's tough for, for it is like me. So, cause if you think about it, that's only 13 over. Yeah. So you only have 13 strokes to work with in that, in that case. And that's not a lot for guys like us. Yeah. Uh, what so, I should do next time we go out just to see like how well just to I see could if shoot. we can do it. Yeah. Well, just to see how well I could shoot is I should have you tell me to make the smart play every time. Cause that you also, wouldn't, li- you wouldn't listen to me. That's the only that thing. also kills me too, is I'll do <laughs> the non the, whatever the dumbest move is on every shot. And then that yeah. also kills me because it puts me in a bad spot. No, so you don't, you don't, you don't out. do, you don't do the dumbest move. You do the move that will get you the closest to the hole as possible, which is sometimes just never going to work out for you. It's it's what'll get me closest to the hole if it's perfect and it's never perfect. Exactly. So that's why I know that I'm not going to hit my three wood 285 to the front of the green or on the green. I know that I can consistently hit my five iron, get myself to a wedge in and we'll be sitting pretty for a par chance. So instead of trying to go for the eagle, which is probably not going to happen for me, I will just accept that it's not going to happen for me and go with the iron. Rick, on the other hand, is like, I'm going to just drive. I'm just going to hit this three wood to the green, give myself an eagle five-foot putt, and it's going to go great. Uh, also, he's dealing with about 15 trees in front of him. And he's like, "This, I'm going to just cut it around these trees, and it's going to be great. I hope you're ready for it. a really good golfer, so I can make things yeah. like that happen. I admire your confidence. But <laughs> confidence, confidence usually does not waver. <laughs> no, the, the, you if, like if you take that confidence into the smart golf shot, I promise you, you're shaving off about five strokes a round. We're, I'd uh, be interested. You'll have to, you'll yeah. have to caddy for me one day and, and make me do that kind of stuff. Like, not give me the option, right, of a club. Like, if I'm like, give me my three wood, you're just like, no, take your six iron. <laughs> just go just go tin cup on you start snapping clubs yeah yeah I'm like give me my three you're like sorry you don't have a three no wood. you don't have a three wood anymore no, that's sorry. that's it it's gone now you don't have one <laughs> we'll have to give that a go i i do have to you like we'd have to start the round knowing that you have to listen to me then yeah no if you can't can, say no we can make that happen because i'm gonna make you putt next to the green when you're gonna want to you know prove that you can use your wedge i'm gonna be like just take out the putter Take out the putter. (laughs) But but the flop, Brian, no. No, bad, Rick, bad. Uh, No, I completely agree with you. Uh, Back to the question. I say anywhere from 25 to 35 rounds, I think I could hopefully pull off an 85 uh, after that many consecutive days at the same golf course. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I would like to think I have a relatively consistent golf game, but I don't know if it's consistent enough to get enough – of an idea of the golf course to take off those strokes. Uh, I like 
that's a real proving test to see, is it your golf game that's the problem? Or if you end up knowing the course like the back of your hand, is that going to help you? Uh, so that would actually be kind of cool if we could do something like that. But I don't think there's a course out there that's going to let us play there 35 days in a row. Well, they, um, they would. We just have to pay. Well, yeah, we just have to pay, which is which not something point, I'm willing to do. Get a membership. Yeah, right. At that, at that point, just sign up for the country club. <laughs> <laughs> just get. Do you guys do punch cards like every ten rounds, tenth rounds free? <laughs> I think golf courses should do that. That's an they idea. That. That's an idea that we should we should pitch to a couple of golf courses. See how that goes. Uh, but moving on with the exciting part of the episode, we do have an interview this week with Justin Rhinus of Scramble House Golf in Horsham. It is an indoor golf training facility with simulators, a putting green, uh, chipping and putting area. It's incredible. Highly suggest taking a look at their Instagram. He mentions it in the video, uh, in the interview. So please listen up and give that a follow. Uh, the hat that Rick was referencing earlier is um, the Scramble House uh, hat, uh, their merchandise company, uh, which we will be wearing now in most of our videos because we are now in partnership with the Scramble House of Golf in Horsham. Thank you to Justin for agreeing to do that with us. Uh, moving forward, we will be partnering with them in all of our video content. Uh, so look out for that. We're super excited about this partnership. And the interview was just so cool. Loved every part of that. Yeah. Um, and the videos that we took, they were just, there's, there's just some of them where we're just having a good time and you guys are going to see it. Uh, yeah. You're going to get a couple of videos of, of Rick's chipping lesson and how he's getting 10 times better uh, on the chipping yeah. level, which is awesome. And then we put it to practice and then we're going to put it to practice and you guys are going to see it. And he's just probably going to blow me out of the water because he can chip and I can't. <laughs> so really, excited to to put those, really excited to put those tips to use. Um, two things on the house. Um, that's what, that's what, that's what they call it. Yeah. If you're in the know, if you're in the know, it's the house. Pretty cool name. Um, sick logo. The logo is sick. So nice. Um, and to go check it out because we were there for like six hours after we did this interview, we were planning on being there for like a little bit afterwards. And then, um, Brian's friend, Matt, who he does his hockey podcast with, um, on the power play, go check that out as well. Another one of Southside Productions, uh, good podcasts. Thank um, you, buddy. He was there and he was like, Hey, I got a sim time at 10 o'clock if you guys want to stay. Now, keep in mind, this was at like eight o'clock. Um, that, that was at like seven o'clock, my guy. Friday <laughs> night. So, like, we figured why not. Uh, I had work the next morning. So, that was kind of horrible going to work the next morning because we left at like 12 30, I think. Yeah. How <laughs> tired were you? I was so tired. Oh, I, man, I, I, so I, I chugged the rain like right when I got to work. Oh boy. Through work and then I need to take another one because <laughs> it was six hours of golf and then going to work the next morning. That was tough. But yeah, go check it out. Uh the facility is fantastic. Justin's an awesome guy. Um, all the members there are really cool too, really helpful. Um, they have the putt view, which I've never used before and I think is one of the coolest things ever. It's so um, cool. It is incredible. So yeah, go check that out. Um let them know that we sent you. And yeah buy some some stuff with their logo because their logo i can't get over how cool their logo is and honestly if you get the opportunity justin is always there like literally always by the way the place is open 24 hours a day so if at 3 a.m you're like i kind of want to go golf you can't no, i can't sleep tonight yeah i'm gonna go golf um or if you're like patrick and you just wake up at 3 a.m if you get a chance to talk to justin just talk to him you're gonna see how motivated and honestly inspiring this guy is just from the interview that we have it's just a quick 20 25 minute interview but he's honestly inspiring to talk to and he will help your golf game. I mean, he's been doing it for years. 
Um, I like that voice crack. That was good. Um, yeah, 14 years um, of teaching golf and then doing this. Uh, he's just an incredible guy, very inspirational. So, so here it is. Here's our interview with Justin Rhinus. Uh, we are here with Justin Rhinus, owner, creator, uh, curator, if you will, of Scramble House Golf. Uh, first off, thank you. Welcome for being on the show with me and Rick here. Dude, it's awesome to be here. Yeah. Can't wait to get going. Thanks for letting us in your in- incredible facility. Um, so... First, first questions first. I mean, how did this even become a thing? Because we saw on your Instagram, uh, there was a post that you made where you said, you know, went from almost quitting golf a year ago to being here. How did you, how did you go from that to this incredible facility? Yeah, so, so crazy story. I've been teaching golf for 14 years, traveling around the country, teaching, lived in 12 different states, top clubs everywhere. And the club I was at made a decision, um, and I didn't know what, really kind of which way I wanted to go with it. Um, not really getting anything out of it. I wanted to quit, do something different. You know, obviously I have a lot of you know drive, passion, and and uh, when I kind of met with a couple people with not this idea, but an idea in golf, um, because that's kind of what I'm built on and made. Um, we said, all right, let's kind of put it on paper and let's see if we can do this. And, you know, we had, I had zero members, zero cash to my name basically, I don't know, 11 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah, 12 months ago. And, and it's funny looking at the memories on my Instagram and Facebook. It's like, oh my gosh, last year I was at that point in this journey of, okay, how do I raise a lot of money? How do I get everything built in time and get something from a business standpoint that can be, you know, viable long term? Right. And here's what I did. I mean, from a business standpoint, honestly, opening a anything, whether it be this, whether it be a restaurant, whatever it is that you want to do, opening something amidst a global pandemic, you know, you opening this place. Uh, or starting this place from scratch in May, I believe you said. Yeah. Was it May? Well, how we, does we, how does something like that even happen? Where we, you open in October? We, uh, I, I honestly have no idea. It was a whirlwind of things. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a pretty good team right. around me, and and you know when you know I I run a twenty four seven business, and when you're twenty four seven, you can get a lot of stuff done. And we needed to get it done by October, and fortunately, like it was not lucky and stuff. It was just hard work, and fortunate for the people to step up when they needed to go. And you know, we had a chance to like, do we sign the lease or we don't sign the lease? And you know, there was a lot of like, I don't know, uns- like uncertainty in the world to begin with. And for me, and what I believe in. Um, I always want to chase what I do. So it was a no brainer. So I signed the lease in May. We started construction June, you know, fast forward, you know, a few months and boom, ready to go. Was there anything that you think would have been a little bit easier to deal with had COVID not been? I don't think, I don't think COVID really was that big of a deal. I, I think it was the people's mindset and, you know, my team and partners where, they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, listen, what we're doing never has been done before. So the risk was higher than ever. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it was all in. And I think we could do it with the model that and concept that I had. But mm-hmm. we had to kind of shift 
as we went because things come up all yeah. the different times. So if, if anything, I would, I would, I wouldn't like a pandemic, but if we yeah. could do something a little different, Not just ideal. have yeah, a little right. easier like day to day things, that yeah. that would have helped. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in the little video that you, um, the 15-minute video you made for the yeah. creation of this place. Yeah. I mean, you showed a lot of emotion um, in that video when this kind of like came all together. I believe you were you were driving to it or from it or something like that. You showed a lot of emotion, which is incredible to see that kind of drive in someone, especially for something like like this that hasn't been yeah. done before. So, I mean, when you when you Google it and you like go to get here because you know we don't know the exact way here, uh, it's nice big. Golden green open 24 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah. gotta advertise it. Gotta <laughs> advertise that this place is open for 24 hours. I mean, that's just incredible in, on its own. But as far as like what it is you you do here, what is what are your like main goals for like what this place should be, what you want it to be, what it's becoming? Yeah, it, it it's becoming a monster now. You know, I'm I'm looking to build another one here shortly. I was going to ask and, you that. Yeah. Yeah, and and what we're going to be growing is is we're really growing the culture and the community that we've created here. Um, you know, I started with the idea of private. I started the idea of of golf development with technology 24/7, never not get to work kind of deal and. And now I'm looking at, you know, from a, like we just had a ladies night the other night. We got juniors that work in here. We got college teams. I have development programs. I mean, you name it, we have it now. And it just gives, it gives what my concept that was on a little piece of paper kind of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the passion that I've, if you watch the video and you see, you know, Obviously, I get emotional and, and, you know, I have no problem doing that because no, of what I'm, well, I'm in. Yeah. But, you know, no one understands when you have to sit down and, and try to raise three quarters of a million dollars to get things done. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean don't even know where just, to begin. We'll, that. Just, we'll just put money out there. I mean, it, yeah. it's not like, you know, you can do the math. It, it's let's let's see what we can do from that standpoint alone, let alone let's try to get members, let's try to get a concept that will work. You know, when I went to a lot of people and I had a, a philosophy and belief that I think that the golf world should need from dress, you know, dress code where you can wear hoodies, yeah. sweatpants. Love that I, philosophy. Yeah. Love that philosophy. <laughs> yeah. a lot anytime of I, anytime I get to wear sweatpants, yeah. is a good day. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's kind of like, that, it's just so different from a private club. And then go 24-7 and then go coaching and then go practicing. Right. You know, where we went, you know, my putting green alone cost more than all my simulators yeah. because that's my model and that's my belief, right? So I wanted to, to do something very different. I wanted to get players a home. You know, we just got a ping pong table in. We'll put a Xbox in I was gonna say, you were talking about that last time yeah, I was here. Yeah, 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 so like, Some I mean, people were talking shit about their ping pong game. Yeah. And you and gotta, you gotta like, show them who, who, yeah. who's their daddy, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta show them what's going on if, with the if, ping pong if, table, man. <laughs> if we're gonna talk shit, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out something Talk shit, quick. get hit, okay? It's exactly. gonna happen. So we, we play, I mean, it's just fun to watch the demographics from like guys like you that you know want to get better at golf that just play on weekends or not a, at a private club come in here join or you know members that you know Philly Cricket Club or Huntington Valley or Ronamake like big shot clubs 
but they're on a whole different culture and different level where they might wear their polo shirts one time or whatever and then they know what we do and they're like oh man it's just so much easier yeah and they're, they're, they're comfortable wearing their sweats yeah and especially it, like the high school kids that yeah. you, you coach too like yeah ton they basically wear sweatpants and pajamas all the time all the so time. like why why make them why, change just why, to come why, here and train you know not 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 that big of a deal i mean that's that's legitimately incredible and for the listener who's listening to this right now on uh, tuesday uh, we are going to be releasing a couple of videos as the weeks go on of the things that are here. We have the putting green, the chipping area. We're going to release a couple of videos about that uh, moving forward. Um, Rick, you got um, any other questions for Justin going? You got a... Um, yeah, I mean, like Brian mentioned the video uh, regarding um, what you were doing building this facility and uh, obviously you're looking to grow it um, what's the what's the ultimate goal as far as like where you want to be do you want to kind of stay in the local Pennsylvania area or are you looking to grow more like nationwide like eventually uh, growing out towards towards the rest of the country yeah so so I think every market needs you know scramble house and and I've gotten a lot of messages from you know other other areas in the country and I really want to kind of get Philly set up well with, yeah. with what we're doing and then we're gonna obviously branch out and the idea never was just have one yeah it was always to have multiple and and you know to have an opportunity to kind of change the face of how people look at golf and and club and and, and at a home you know that's kind of where I wanted to go and a lot of people have looked at what I built and I mean it's kind of like a normal day you know coming you know going to your house you know yeah, I mean it's like, just this is what we do every day all day and I just want to bring people in it right? yeah I saw the the video this morning of you you had just a kid chilling on the couch just, yeah just, just Max and Max yeah, and chillax yeah, yeah he, he likes to do snapchat on the couch yeah. <laughs> the, best, the best part is is all the members like like especially my juniors they like to snapchat and Instagram when they're here and and I, I, I love it man just that's show like it word off. of that's word of yeah, that's free advertising yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible like, a lot of people like the graffiti too we're gonna get another graffiti guy yeah you should gotta get like um because there's like tons of really good graffiti artists in the city you gotta just get that whole wall done mastered yeah they they ain't gonna get the cops called on them when they do graffiti in here yeah probably (laughs) because here you're actually gonna be like hey do this yeah exactly (laughs) and not get in trouble so we're talking about that putt view from earlier yeah that that just thousand hundred to thousand a dollar yeah i think you got going on there explain how that came about because i've only seen videos of that of like it in like the United Arab Emirates, like in yeah, places I know. out yeah, there. It's big How did you get Dubai, this in Horsham, Fantas- Pennsylvania? I know it's funny when when I a lot of my buddies who's in the golf business or, or you know everywhere in the country, they're like, "You open that in where Horsham, Pennsylvania? <laughs> where? I mean, like where? Where is, is Horsham?" <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's funny. I, I I went out when I when I had the model and I did on paper and I said, "This is what we're going to do." We went the best of the best, and when I went to the best, that's kind of where it went. Putt view is there, um, the putting green, my chipping green. You know, we have 40 yards. We have basically yeah, it's like a everything. whole section of the yeah, joint. it's a whole different deal. And uh, the putting green for me is is the most important because it then it can really 
help someone learn and the stroke and just get confidence, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my biggest thing for, for golf is I want people to understand what they need to do to get better and obviously do it on a daily basis and no there's no time schedule we're always open yeah, there's no so, time limits you know, you like that, there's you know? no excuses so many people have so many excuses you know i have a lot of people that are like well i'm just so busy i can't go over there i'm like well it's your fault it's not our fault right you're open 24 you're hours you're legitimately you want to do you're legitimately open 24 hours a day a day that's that's all of time, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, speak, speaking speaking of which one we're asking, Seven. that's that's all of the time. We, okay. Yeah, the, the snowstorm. They're like, are you going to be open? I'm like, we never close. I don't care what it I is. Have, I have. The lights are always. I on. haven't left. Okay. So I'm still here. I have a cot in the back. You'll yeah. sleep there every you night. Wanna, yeah. If you want to hang out with me, feel free. I, I'm still here. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's kind of that's what I I wanted to set the tone for for just setting us up apart from right. everywhere else from what i'm gathering from a lot of people here is like you almost literally never leave here yeah not right now i mean you're here yeah. pretty much all the time i mean yeah. that's that's got to be a grind on it's a own. grind i mean the grind the grind okay so you you do in stages and everyone has i mean hundreds of phone calls and people have asked like you do stages right you do you do a model or concept whatever it is i don't care then you have to raise the funds right and then you have to make sure you like i'm fortunate enough that I didn't give any equity away in my business. And then the next ones, well, the team will be a part of that. So this is 100% mine, which was just huge from a standpoint of, I don't want other people to influence what the concept and belief is here. Right. right? Yeah. Like, I don't need a company to say, hey, I need, you need to raise more money. No, no, no. Like, yeah. relax, dude. Like, this is about golf, not mm-hmm. let's see how great we can make money at, right? So that was number one. And then, and then it's like, okay, now we got to get... You know, now we got to find a place, and now we got to build it, and then we got to get members. So boom, 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 and then after that we open. Now we have a basically we're open four months, and I don't maybe a few days off maybe where I just wanted to get away, but I now I got to live my concept and model mm-hmm. because yeah. now I got to make sure it works, and then I talk to members and move it. I've shifted it. I don't know ten different times. Yeah, you basically to find to, the equation. You have to live and dream. That's it exactly what it is that you're doing at all times all times because because nobody on the outside even like i can post a cool picture and do whatever but you have no idea what's happening in here Mm -hmm. from my 5 a.m guys to my 2 a.m guys right so now it's like okay they're so different that you have to make sure it works oh it's different type of people yeah yeah i mean like and that's kind of where when people you know it's nothing wrong with it but when other people have you know families and kids and other responsibilities it's very hard to live a model and concept when you're not there all the time so that's kind of where my goal was and for me it's not about the hours it's not about the money it's about finding the equation to then multiply and then build bigger so i totally agree yeah yep um, you mentioned that the putt view, uh, backtrack a little bit, was kind of your big thing, um, and that you've been coaching for I th- 14 years, you said? Mm-hmm. 14 years of coaching. Um, when you're coaching with uh, someone who's new, because um, a lot of guys are just getting into golf. Yeah, it's COVID golfers. With, yeah, yeah COVID with, golfers. with COVID. Um, if, you have, if you have someone new coming in, um, what's the first thing that you focus on with them in order to kind of sharpen up their game a little bit yeah. and get them going in the right direction? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think having a program or a plan with anybody is huge. I think skill levels important. You know, 
putting is a skill, chipping is a skill, yeah. you know, hitting a golf ball solid is a skill. So I look at a player where whatever you're looking to do and working on is important. Mm-hmm. You know, the 100 shooters, the 90, 80, 70 shooters, they're yeah. all very different. So everyone has a different program. Uh-huh. Luckily, we have different, um, you know, basically skill challenges or, or tests okay. that I give them in the software okay. in the simulator kind of so, gives you an idea of where, yeah, you start like where you're starting like, okay. like all right, I don't know who you are like you come yeah. in I give you like hey let's see how many balls you can hit uh, in a, from 100 yards how many fairways can you hit and then all of a sudden I see swings and I see pat, you know patterns mm-hmm. numbers you know then all of a sudden it goes right in my head and I go okay mm-hmm. now we're going to really focus on this and get you better so Today you might hit two greens out of regulation, you know, in a few weeks with a lot of reps, you get eight. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. And then putting's the same thing. Like, can you read a putt? Can you have the speed? Can you hit the line? I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's just so many different levels mm-hmm. that I think golf is great where, you know, guys like you that go out there have a good time and stuff, all of a sudden give your you know, put yourself in the game and then you're like, Oh wow, like I can see myself growing and getting better and hitting shots that I never could happen before. Yeah. And then you take it out there with your buddies and you're smoking them for all the money yeah. in their wallet. Exactly. So, exactly. so and that's what happens. So you take those so what you do is you basically just give someone anything like a hole. Yeah. Just uh, shoot a bunch onto this par three. Let's, let's and you, you gather their swing path. You see what they're you're dealing yeah. with. You Basically, take, look at the numbers. Yep. Yeah. And then from there is where you hone it in. So like really, what you have built here is not only a facility to come and work on your what you're doing by yourself without that, but you're also there to be like, let's work on these things, looking at this analytically with the numbers. But also, you can be here just to train on what you. Yeah. Do. So, so my 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 biggest thing, I think, a lot of, a lot of, I'm, I'm changing. I basically took myself out of a job. Kind of, yeah, right? almost. Because I used to teach full time, right? So, like yeah. teaching full time is per hour, how many hours, and yeah. bullshit like that. But now with this model, I basically now I can coach a lot of people. And if you look at my calendar, you know we have. 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. It's like all day with all my players. And uh-huh. so I look and, and do that. And it's funny watching new new guys come in. They look at me and they have no idea who I am, which is yeah. fine. And then all of a sudden we start talking about golf swings and numbers and what mm-hmm. we need to do. And then now I'm like, okay, now, now they get coaching yeah. with membership where no club can do that because, you know, pro shops here, drive ranges here, or teaching pros there. In this position, now we have data. Like right now, you can hit 100 balls. I don't even need to be there. I can watch all 100 balls. Yeah. With the, with the data. That's so, awesome. I mean, that, that's incredible on its own just because you can do that with what you built. And you're right. You did kind of take yourself out of a job, but also yeah. you opened up this new avenue for what golf coaching can totally, be and should totally. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what I notice uh, about being in here is everyone in here is just, is just so comfortable with the environment. Um, they just seem like they're they're not on a golf course or with a golf coach. They're not all tense, like worried about what their game's going to be. Especially the kids I see you like actually doing the coaching with. They're like, man, like he's just had me do these swings. Yeah. He's giving me little tidbits here, little tidbits there. But those yeah. are building blocks. It's not like you're doing incredible things and giving them just this rundown sheet of numbers. Like yeah. they're probably confusing as hell, especially to like the high school kids. But like you, you make it on a level where like, no, we just need to fix this. Yeah, like, that's just, just all you're just doing. Just hit it there. Yeah. Yep. Just like hit the ball there. And some, some people would be like, oh, that's too simplified. But isn't that 
isn't that exactly what we need? Is yeah. Well, I mean, like you think about it, right? Way so more like, simplified. You hit, like, you go to the gym. Right. You have you have your tasks that you go right. You don't mm-hmm. hit every machine. No. You yeah. do backs and buys or whatever. Chest. Golf is the same yeah. thing. It's like, hey, I need you to do this today. You don't need to go through your whole bag. Like, mm-hmm. let's get your nine iron correct or eight iron or your drive or your wedge, and then we go through there, and then we like really finite stuff. And what I'm finding is, is in here right now, it's dark out, it's 28 degrees, and my players are hitting thousands of balls uh-huh. and getting data on it, and I get to watch them. Yeah. So when people are sitting at home or doing stuff, we're working. And when you work and you know stuff, it's amazing to watch these kids and these players know more than they should know because of what we have here. And, and, and that's, that's what it is. That's great because it is cold as hell outside. For, yeah. for all our listeners who aren't in Pennsylvania, there's snow on the ground, there's no golfing, it's cold it, as it could be outside. And luckily you have an indoor facility with all these things this here, the which greatest. is fantastic to have. Um, Rick, 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 and I just want—we got to ask. Uh, so we saw on your Instagram, what what the hell were you doing in Alaska? Uh-oh. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Why did you take a bush plane into the middle of a, an Alaskan field? And we're just there. Is it a hunting thing? He's mostly wondering because he could never do that. I could never do that. Know, I would like, get eaten by what a moose. drives a person to do something. What like what that. what drives someone's passion to be like? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna go out into Alaska, get left there, and we're gonna see what happens. I would have probably gotten eaten by whatever is going on in Alaska. Well, yeah, I had that grizzly come in close. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I would have freaked out, man. I would have peed myself which is probably like <laughs> grizzly attract uh, attractive they, might, they yeah. might be attracted to that exactly yeah. so you know then then a grizzly's trying to hump me and it's not not a good time for anybody <laughs> <laughs> i uh i had an idea going out to alaska solo because i'm a filmer hunter right. and producer and uh i always like to challenge myself and i just think golf is easy for me because i just do it every day so i wanted mm-hmm. to get away and do that so that was that trip and i got the film coming out here shortly um with my other brand that i did but now that one takes a back seat because of what i'm doing here what you're doing here um but yeah i i don't know if i would probably do that again (laughs) Um, it's just reliving the nights and the days and the cold and by myself it had to be so cold man how long were you out there again eight days eight days but but the problem was the 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 pilot day four i shot on day two Day four, he was like, all right, I'm going to pick you up at four. And I was like, all ready to go, packed up everything. Like, I'm so excited to leave. <laughs> and he texts me, he goes, ah, man, I can't make it until whatever. Oh, so no. That's a joke. That's a oh, joke. No. So, so I'm like, <laughs> oh. And I, we had a sat- I, I only had a satellite phone. So, so excuse me. And it's funny because I, I pulled up my satellite phone the other day and I, I was like going through my messages and like that moment like hit me like I was like right back until that time where I saw that. And I was like, yeah, I'm good for right now. I, I like I like being here. All right. Thanks. I'm OK. Yeah. What like how did you have the power? Because you obviously had like your camera stuff with you, your production stuff with you. How where did you like do you have like solar panels? What did you no, do no, there? Just, just externals, a lot of okay. externals. And then I All had right. USB ports that goes in my cameras and stuff, so I was good. The only problem was we didn't ha- I didn't have water. Now that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, so that I, could, go, I could see how you could yeah, run into you, a problem there. That. I had to go I had to go find water and then I had to go pump it into a uh what the heck's it called? A um uh, Filter? Type yeah, of yeah, a little filter okay. in, in a liter, and 
like three liters of water doesn't like you can no. go through like no. that. That's and like, then you have to cook, you know, you have to cook food and drink, and it was. If I told you to find fresh water, how long would it take you? To find fresh water? Other than Wawa. Other than Wawa. <laughs> I was about, I was about to I say, hold yeah. on. Yeah. Now, if I told you to get fresh water, how long, how long until you get it? Fuck. I mean, now, now with snow, <laughs> with snow, you can, you can, you can yeah, burn it, but even without snow. Didn't SpongeBob say, just follow the moss? Isn't that the whole thing? So I'm just going to follow moss, and that's that's easy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay, so it's easy. Yeah. Throw me in a bush plane. Right. And, and just throw me into Alaska. See what happens. We have a bit. We have I would, more concepts. I would. I would we die so quickly. <laughs> oh, I'd be so dead. Well, I got. I, I wanted to do. I wanted to do the show alone, and I, I wanted to do it. But then I had this, so yeah. I always wanted to do something alone and do that, which was like fly that. yourself out. No, 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 no. no. Just, oh, just okay. get dropped off. Just do and, it. Right. Yeah, dropped off and get picked up, and uh, I did it. And. I'm glad I did it. So were you expecting to get picked up on day four? No. No, okay. So it was supposed to be eight. Oh, so it was supposed to be ten days. Okay. And he picked me up early. All right. Well. So luckily I had food enough. Food. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you for letting us here into your facility. Yeah, man. Um, This is incredible. Thank you so much for the interview. Yeah. Uh, Rick, you got anything you want to ask him before we wrap it up? No, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, we really appreciate the time. Um, we know you're a busy guy being, yeah, being got, here all yeah, the time coaching a lot another of another six more hours to go tonight yeah seriously um, nice. yeah but I mean if anyone has any questions feel free to reach out in, Instagram, Facebook Scramble House of Golf. Golf yeah go ahead and, just uh, plug plug yourself right yeah. now this is your time <laughs> you, you made it through an interview with us this is your time that's to jump that's good I mean like I, I get them I get them every day whether it's swing fixes or whatever we're trying to do with you know golf clubs or lessons so feel free to let me know and i'll always help out so all right justin thank you again so much man appreciate it thanks boys that was our interview with justin rhinus as you guys can see uh he's awesome he's incredible it's an incredible conversation incredible golf guy golf knowledge uh rick how did you you enjoyed the hell out of being there yeah, I mean, I was mostly just kind of there for moral support. Uh, you were just <laughs> did most of the talking. Um, Brian had like the the script that we were kind of planning on going off of, um, and I I just let it run because it eventually just turned into a conversation between them. And Justin, as you could tell from the interview, is super passionate about golf and what he's doing over at the house. Um, and there's no reason for me to interrupt if he's if he's going off and telling everyone how awesome his facility is and um about the alaska trip um but yeah no it was it was a really fun interview to be a part of and and i hope we get to we get to spend more time in there and and we'll obviously have him back on in the future we're definitely going to hopefully be spending more time there as we now are partners with scramble house of golf so thank you so much to justin for that interview and unless you have any closing notes rick that'll wrap up episode six go eat some donuts Go eat some donuts, y'all. It's been From the Tips. Thanks. See you guys.